The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. ready for something different i am have you ever thought about going to algeria on your next vacation you know algeria it's the largest nation on the continent of africa my next guest may be the only person i know who's ever been there i don't know we'll find out uh that, that i know of anyway chris ramey is with us why am i babbling chris good afternoon <laughs> hi dave how are you i'm all right so not only have you been to algeria but you're going to go back you know, I am. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, a lot of people have asked me why specifically go to Algeria, and the uh, the honest answer was, you know, I want to see every country in the world. That's my goal. But I uh, I saw that they were having a great special, and so I was checking it out, and I found out that all of these ancient civilizations, from the Numidians, which I'd never even heard about, to Phoenician traders, uh, Carthaginians, Romans, all about four different ones, have all lived there and have all these uh, uh, historical sites that it was definitely worth checking out and going to see. All right, well, back up. You want to visit all the countries in the world. How many countries have you been to so far? So I just hit 66. All right. How many are there, by the way? Does anybody know? Yeah, you know what? About, about 130, I'd say. So you're almost halfway. You're halfway there. You're more than halfway there. Uh, I'm about halfway there. Yeah, that's that's kind of the goal. So uh, I just have to make sure I don't find any more interesting countries that I want to go back to. That's the problem. All right. So <laughs> all right. So on this, you were doing some research, and Algeria sounded like an interesting place. Was it was it even a debate for you, Chris, or you're just like, hey, this is it. I'm going. Well, you know, it was. It was sort of. Uh, I never thought about going there. I never actually really knew much about it. Uh, I appreciate you playing that song in the beginning because uh, Rock the Cosba. You know, the only thing I'd ever heard about Algeria was that it was famous for the Cosba, which was this old um, uh, Arabic part of town that was very, very interesting. And so I just said, "Well, you know what? What the heck? I don't know anything about it. I didn't know anybody there." Uh, so I said, "I'm going to go." And then I found out why most Americans don't go there. And uh, the reason was because you have to get a visa, it has to be approved, it's um, a little bit of a longer process. But I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And so I uh, ended up sending my passport to the embassy. I uh, had to give them very, very specific details as far as where I would stay, how much money, how much money I personally was worth. They did quite a bit of investigating before they allowed me into the country. But once they did, got the visa back from them, and uh, I headed on over. What were they concerned about? Why are they making it so difficult to visit Algeria? You think they'd want the money? You know, it's really funny. That is what's kind of unique about Algeria is it's not a tourist destination. Even though there are many, many things that are fascinating from a touristic standpoint, is Algeria 
doesn't need tourists. They have plenty of wealth just based on their natural resources. I mean, think about the Sahara Desert and all the uh, all the natural resources that come from there, whether it's gold, oil, even a lot of different gemstones, uh, different other types of minerals. And they really have never needed tourism. I'm uh, trying to remember my geography. I'm going to guess uh, Algeria is up there in northern Africa, right, Chris? It is, actually. Right. It's, uh, so it's basically on the Mediterranean. On the left of it is Morocco, and it has Tunisia over uh, on the right of it, And uh, if I'm correct about Tunisia. But um, it basically borders quite a few countries because, like you said, it is now the largest country in Africa. So did you set, and, this, did you set this trip up by yourself, or did you work with a travel agent? No, no, I just, you know, I set it up by myself. I... Um, uh, there was about 130 years of French occupation uh, there. In fact, uh, that all changed in the 50s. But because of that, the easiest way to get there was to fly directly to Paris and then from Paris right into Algiers, which is the capital of Algeria. And so uh, just made arrangements. The only thing that I had to do, like I said, to be a little careful was make very specific notes and send it to the embassy in Washington, D.C., and along with my passport and everything, and um, but I was very fortunate. They approved it the very first time, and for the people that I've talked to and things that I've read, they haven't been as lucky. It'll take them two or three times before they're granted a permission to go into the country. And was this a good time of year to go, weather-wise? It, it was phenomenal. In fact, I came back and I was a little bit shocked by our weather here. It was on average between 68 and maybe 75 degrees per day, a little bit colder, low 60s in the evening, but extremely comfortable. Chris, very, very nice. Chris Ramey on this broadcast, he went to Algeria and he lived to talk about it. You didn't see a lot of Americans <laughs> there, did you? I didn't see one single American. In fact, what was funny is um, I can't tell you how many times people came up to me and once I start talking, they're like, where are you from? You know, they'd <laughs> never heard my accent. They'd never heard. And I was trying very hard to speak uh, either French or a little bit of Arabic. But most everyone I met had never met an American before I was there. So, not so a I lot apologize of, to all Americans that I was their first yeah. <laughs> representation of an American. Not a lot of English being spoken in Algeria. There really isn't, no. Um, everyone there speaks Arabic and French, just a little bit of English, but being that I uh, have lived in Mexico for many years, I speak Spanish and French, and, and Spanish aren't that different. So I, I was fortunate I was able to get by. Uh, so did you plan out this trip ahead of time, meaning did you have a specific checklist of things you wanted to do, or did you just decide to fly to Algiers and kind of wing it? You know, a little bit of both. I, I, I looked on the website. In fact, I booked a trip before I even knew what was there. I just knew it was a country that I wanted to visit. And um, I saw that they had these big, beautiful, lush gardens that were huge city blocks, you know, similar to uh, Central Park. They had some really interesting uh, basilicas, like the Basilica of Notre Dame of Africa. The Casbah, which was, like I said, the older part of town was there. And then just phenomenal architecture. Um, surprisingly, a lot of Catholic churches, even though there were a lot of mosques, of course, as well. But um, I just saw these sites, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to go there and I'm going to wing it and just enjoy this country and just experience it and go into the culture. What surprised you about Algeria? Well, you know, I guess it's a great question. Um, 
I would have to say the people. Uh, I, I shouldn't be, though, because this is probably the fifth Islamic country that I've been to. And um, this was the first time I've traveled since I used to travel with my mother quite a bit, you know. And uh, our last country we had gone to was Jordan and Egypt. So um, I would say what surprised me the most is just how incredibly generous they were. The funny thing is, Dave, is it, I had to stop telling people that I was American. I made the mistake of that, and a lot of people would be like, really, why? What was the reason? Well, the reason is because once they knew I was American, they would not let me pay for anything. Uh, And this would be whether I'm at dinner, this would be at whether I was um, staying in a hotel. It it was horrible. And um, you can't compliment anybody on anything. Like if I said, oh, that's an amazing hat, then they're almost offended if you don't take it with you. So I, I just... Eventually, stopped telling people unless I was uh, I knew them for a few days. Why, but why I was American? Why were they comping you everything just because you're an American? I think what they wanted. Well, I guess a couple different beliefs. One is that I think that first, almost none of them had, had ever met an American before, so it was a little bit of a. I guess I had my little celebrity moment over there, and then secondly is I just find that they're very generous people they're very um they want me to experience what they're enjoying as a culture you know one of the things that i notice is they're extremely proud about their religion and as i said it's an islamic country and um they were also very concerned that you know from the news and what we hear that you know extremism was what i was going to experience and and they're like no this is not who we are i mean there's extremists everywhere but you know we are good wonderful people we're believing kindness i learned so much about jesus which was fascinating because i didn't realize this but they actually had to study jesus as one of the prophets in fact he is mentioned uh, more in the Quran than he is actually in the Bible. So I was kind of blown away by their knowledge of Christianity. Mm. Chris Ramey is uh, sharing with us his recent trip to Afghanistan. You've mentioned a little bit about Algiers, but was it a safe city, a clean city? What were your impressions of the main part of Algeria? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, from a safety standpoint, I there was not a single time I ever felt that I was in danger or I, I never had any concern whatsoever. Um, one of the things that you do when you are there is you want to trade your dollars on what's called the black market and it's basically just out in town and the reason is because you can get extremely good rate for it and uh, uh, anyone that has gone there before they always talked about this online so I went out there it, the people are so incredibly polite. Um, I made a mistake with one of my transactions, and the guy ran me down two blocks later because he hadn't paid me enough. This was someone that was trading money with me. So just from a safety standpoint, had no issues whatsoever. From a cleanliness standpoint, Dave, um, there were parts that were a little bit more dusty and dirty and kind of had a big city feel, but in general, they're very, very proud people, and uh, their gardens are immaculate, their streets were very, very clean, um, the people, I'm very, very clean as well. What about, and, um, what about the accommodations? Well, you know, it's funny, I, uh, I had to book my hotel before I went there. You have to either book a hotel or you have to have an address of someone you're staying with. Um, I ended up staying in a place called Sofitel, 
And what shocked me is I assumed it was going to be kind of an average hotel. It was incredible. I think I paid $45 a night, and it was considered a five-star hotel. Jeez. So breakfast included, Olympic-sized swimming pool, indoor and outdoor. Um, just it, it, the service was absolutely amazing. In fact, that's something else I should mention to you about. My original goal was to, uh, I budgeted about six to $800 for my trip there. I just figured maybe $100 a day. I probably spent $150 for the entire week while oh, I was there. Holy cow. And, and I should include, that also included a trip within their country, um, a plane trip as well, a round trip uh, to go see another city. I went to also go see the city of Oran. Right. Um, the average wage, or sorry, the average salary for someone is between 200 and $400 per month. But that isn't considered poverty. In fact, you can live very, very comfortably on two to four hundred dollars a month there in uh, Algeria. All right, uh, Chris Ramey, just back from Algeria, and he's so impressed by the place. He's making plans already to head back. We will head back in conversation when we continue. Right here on AM nine twenty FM ninety six five News Talk KVEC. Top of the house, ABC Radio News, and we put the spotlight on the San Luis Obispo International Jewish Film and Learning Festival. I'm Dave Congleton. We're in conversation with Chris Ramey. Uh, he has been to 66 countries. He wants to get to all the countries. Number 66 was Algeria. Sounds uh, pretty impressive. I, as we're back with you, though, Chris, i got to ask about the food. What, what do you eat in Algeria? <laughs> You know, unfortunately, Dave, that was the problem. What don't you eat in Algeria? So imagine a country that is on the Mediterranean that has all the incredible influences of the Mediterranean, plus, you know, all this Arabic influence, and then a country that was occupied by the French for 140 years. So they have everything that you would find in France, plus with a Arabic influence. So everything from baklava to um, the most incredible custards and meats and cheeses and fresh fruit everywhere. I mean, I had some of the most amazing fruit I've ever had and uh, just delicious, just delicious food. And what um, a couple of things I had tried that I'd never had before. One was actually called a French Arabic taco. I don't know. Have you ever heard of those, Dave? A French Arabic taco. Taco, yeah. No. <laughs> I, you know, I never had either, so I ordered one and um, for seventy-five cents. And what I got was this: it was like a wrap, but it was sh- a shredded chicken breast in a creamy French cheese sauce, and um, with all these Arabic spices infused. And it was absolutely amazing. I ended up liking it so much at the airport. I grabbed two to take with me for my my trip home. It was so phenomenal. Got food to um, go. The food also, I've got to tell you, was incredibly affordable. Um, one of the experiences that happened, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that if we have time, was uh, met up with a gentleman by the name of Ramsey and also Hamoud. But the three of us uh, sat down for dinner, and this was one of my first formal dinners kind of out in town. For the three of us, and we think we had about three courses, it was $10 total. So about $3.30 a piece. So it was just, it was shockingly affordable how 
how how affordable their food is. So when you go out at night, are the restaurants, are there different cuisines? I mean, can you get Japanese food in Algeria or Italian uh, you know, food? Or it's you... funny. I didn't see any Mexican food. I didn't see any Japanese food. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of French food. Um, I saw their version of some other like Spanish foods. Um, mm. It's mostly French Arabic is what you're going, which is wonderful, which yeah. is what you're going to see, you know. Uh, obviously, a lot of Greek influence, a lot of Italian influence. Oh, sorry, there were Italian restaurants as well. So oh. I did see quite a few of those. But, um, you, you were saying in the last segment that you got on a plane and you went to a different part of the country. Where did you go? Yeah, I did. I, I went across to Oran, and Oran is on the upper Mediterranean. In fact, um, the Spanish had offer, uh, had um, uh, lived there for quite a while, and so I went to the uh, Church of Santa uh, Cruz up there, and it was just their port city. So it was right near Morocco, and a very different vibe than the actual capital. The capital was a little bit more formal, a little bit more cosmopolitan, and Oren was a little bit like it's um, down-to-earth little sister, kind of. It felt more a little bit like Morocco. Um, people were not as strict when it came to, for example, uh, dressing or... Um, not that they're very strict in Algeria. Algeria is very, very mellow for a Muslim country. But it was, um, it was just much more relaxed. And uh, both, both parts of the country were amazing. In fact, that's actually the reason I want to go back. And I was only there for a week, and I'm going to actually go back for three weeks, and I'm going to start in one corner, and I'm going to actually circle the entire um, country and go hang out with the Bedouin people. I'm going to um, just see all the different cultures, um, live in the Sahara for maybe a week or so, and just see exactly what it's like. Well, but follow up on that, Chris. You, you're saying you've been to 66 countries. You've been to countries all mm-hmm. over the world. What is it about Algeria that, like, oh, my God, i got to go back for three weeks and have this experience? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was because of, honestly, the people that I ended up meeting. Um, on my third day there, I was still dealing with some jet lag, and so I uh, I slept <laughs> through the morning to almost mid-afternoon, and um, my body was just needing it. So then I went out, and I saw these... Um, I heard this guy speaking English, and so I went up to him, and it was a... Uh, uh, Arabic gentleman and then also uh, African American uh, individual, and um, so I started talking to them. And one was visiting from Cameroon and uh, London, and the other one was Algerian. Well, after five minutes of talking with them, they're like, "Well, why don't you join us?" So I spent the remainder of my trip, including flying to this other part of the country, with them. Had just a phenomenal time and. They didn't know me from Adam, and yet were very inviting and very um, extremely warm, extremely educational uh, as far as everything that you know they were telling me about and things to do, and almost kind of adopted me as their <laughs> token American. So I'm still in touch with these two guys, and we're just planning on meeting next year and doing it again, but much more um, throughout much more of the country. Hmm. What disappointed you about Algeria? Ah, that's a good question. What disappointed me? Um, I guess probably that I had to leave. <laughs> um, well, I will say this. As, uh, 
the the visa is good for two years. So I think I think what disappointed me probably the most was that I just didn't plan enough time. But that's why I'm going back. And um, you know, well, I well, you I, met, you, I honestly can't think of anything else. You mentioned at the beginning one of the reasons that drew you to Algeria was all the historical sites. You actually mm. went to many of them. Did they deliver? They were incredible. Yeah, they were absolutely incredible. Um, the nice thing about it is getting to these sites, so whether it's the, you know, the Basilica of Notre Dame, some of the other sites, some of the larger mosques, some of the, the Cosmo, the older areas, uh, first once you're in there, it's like stepping back in time. You're, you've got to imagine a place. It's kind of, what I think of this is, it's almost like what Cuba used to be like before it was opened to a lot of, um, I'll be honest, uh, to a lot of Americans. This country has not been spoiled in any way. It is still very operating the way that it has for so many hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's just exciting to experience their way of living. So February, March is a good time to go if you want to go to Um, Northern Africa? Absolutely. It's a terrific time. In fact, that's when I'll be there this next time. Hmm. Uh, Aside from going back to Algeria, Chris, what's next on your list? What's going to be number 67? Yeah, 67. I'm going to Tokyo the end of next month, and then I'm finally, since I turned 55, hiking Machu Picchu in the fall. So I've got that scheduled as well. Are these these countries, uh, Peru and Japan, you have not been to before? I haven't been to either one. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say. So uh, I've got an old military buddy of mine that's over in uh, that's teaching over in Japan. So he invited me over, and then like I said Machu Picchu. I figured uh, I figured it's time. Fifty five. I should probably get myself over down there and start hiking that. Yeah, because before you know it, you'll be my age, and you probably wouldn't be able to do it. Jeez. Well, it sounds like you had a really great time, Chris. I got about thirty seconds. Give us a final thought, please, about Algeria and why we should consider going there. Absolutely. The reason I consider going to Algeria is because it's not on anybody's radar. And that is what makes this country so incredibly amazing and unique. And the people will just, they'll kind of steal your heart. They really will. And um, I, I would highly, highly recommend it. And, and you, you went by yourself. You recommend that? I did. You know, I would say go there by yourself, go there with family. Um, I think either one would be appropriate. Um, I really do. I think it, it depends on how you like to travel. I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed traveling alone because I've been traveling with family for such a long time, but I had a phenomenal time. All right, Chris. Well, welcome home, and thanks for sharing your trip with us. Thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate the time. All right, sir. Off we go. we got news and traffic and weather. 4 o'clock hour starts now. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.